What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. Uh, and today I am taking a look back at the year for Cage Warriors. Um, it's been an interesting year for Cage Warriors. I think it ended very well in terms of the last few cards. Now, I'll leave the, the last card, the New Year's Eve card here. I'm sure there'll be a lot of talk around that here. So I'll talk about uh, the rest of the cards and kind of, uh, kind of review them just so we're not going over anything twice or anything like that. But... I think if you look at Cage Warriors year, it, I suppose it, it probably climaxed uh, for the, the main year, I suppose, with the biggest two to three events that they've had all year. And that's the way I think you <laughs> you like cards. It was the same in the UFC. They had their three best cards of the year were the three in a row towards the end of it. And I think Cage Warriors... It, it, it maybe like I do a show over and over in Severe and make all the chasing pack, and they were down a little bit, and I think they kind of rose as the year kind of went. If you look at the rankings with all the other promotions as well, and what they do, and you know the differences between Cage Warriors and everyone else. So all in all, I think it was, I would say probably a middling year for Cage Warriors. It is a year as well that you know. It's not so long since they lost Paddy Pimblett. Not so long since they lost Ian Gary. A lot of their, you know, their two biggest stars since. You know, since McGregor have um, have both gone, but they've developed now um, a few Irish stars, a few very very good fighters, and some champions who you're looking at right now. And we we will talk about, I suppose, the the next stage for Cage Warriors after I got through the cards for the year. But you're looking at the champions. Um, a lot of them might not be there in a few months' time because they might be signed for the UFC. So that's look, that's what Cage Warriors are, and they they always, you know, they grow grow new skin and they come back again and they do it again, you know, with the great work. Especially, you know, I've Ian Dean and you know Graham Boylan's been in the news an awful lot recently, but um, they do great work for Cage Warriors. I don't think anyone would uh, would deny that, and um, you know, the the fact that they continue to do that is is absolutely exceptional. So before I get into the cards and kind of look back on it. There's a few things with all these different promotions that I want to talk about in general, just the, the, the kind of year they've had, I suppose. Um, and, you know, I kind of just went through that there. If you look at Cage Warriors, right, and you see the... So we look at maybe the positives of Cage Warriors. Now, you look at other promotions, right? You say, look, the UFC, we, we all know the, the high level of fights, the high level of production, uh, and all of that. You look at one championship... I would say a similar thing, but they also have lots of different things. You know, they have different uh, parts of combat sports with the jiu-jitsu and the Muay Thai and the kickboxing and all of that. And you look at PFL, they have their tournaments um, and they have, uh, you know, they have the million dollars at the end of it. And all Bellator have their tournaments, but it's not, you know, PFL do the season. The Bellator have gone to Ireland and done big cards and gone to Hawaii and they look very, very different to the UFC and all. I think what Cage Warriors have... And so I just mentioned there at the start, they have the ability to keep producing stars over and over and over. And that is what has made Cage Warriors special and which will continue to make them special. It is the proven path to the UFC, you know? And if you're an up-and-coming fighter, and all, look, all you want to, we'll, we'll talk about a couple of negatives in a second, but all you want to do is get to the UFC and you're willing to have, you know, 10 fights, we'll say, on the way up to get there then Ian Dean is the guy to do it. Cage Warriors is the place to do it. If you're good enough to get there, they will get you there. Well, you know, and that, that I think, has been proven with all the lads I just mentioned, plus Nathaniel Wood, you know, Joy Herbert, Mason Jones, and many more. 
or Easton McGee, even, even though he's back there now, but, you know, and they're absolutely fantastic at that. The level of fights they put on as well for, you know, for the up-and-comers and the fact that the, fa- uh, the, the fact that they're continually kind of changing their top fighters, the ability to keep putting on that level of fights is, is unbelievable. It is unbelievable, cards and fights. Um... And as I said again, the proven path to the UFC is a massive, massive thing for them. So I think all in all, for the fighters, it is great to have that proven path and to get a way to get to the UFC. It wasn't always the case for fighters in this part of the world. For fans, it is an extremely good um, uh, viewing experience. I'll talk more about that actually in a second. Um, And I think for the scene, it's a very good thing to have. Now, I suppose a couple of negatives about it. Look, a couple of, the first negative about it, I suppose, is that you do lose fighters all the time. And it's very hard to stay up to date. Like, it's very hard to stay up to date with who is the next challenger for this title, this title, and this title. Now, sometimes it's obvious, you know, if Paul Hughes and Vucinic are both there and both still with the promotion, and they both have interim, uh, one has an interim title, one has the official title, or, you know, let, let's say whoever it might be wins a big number one contender fight. Like, let's say Manny Bin Lack there now is probably the, you know, the number one contender possibly. It's sometimes like that, but then other times, you know, maybe the champion gets signed, or maybe the number one contender gets signed, or they don't have like a full con- a contract with Bellator and they go somewhere else, or, or, sorry, with uh, Cage Wars, or sometimes Ian Dean just signs people, look like Chris Bungard, and uh, I think Delan Monte was on him as well, if I'm not mistaken, but it's, it's done, and Natalia Frederick was on, definitely, they sign him straight into a title fight, because they're good enough, because Ian Dean knows him, knows they're good enough. That is, can be a positive, but it's, it's also a negative, like Cage Warriors don't have, I don't mind rankings, but they don't have, a roster list on their website and they can't I suppose because of the nature of the promotion but that's a very frustrating thing I think for someone covering them but also for fans biggest issue though for cage warriors is the money now we very rarely hear how much fighters get paid but we hear a lot that cage warriors don't, are not paying very well now how much money do cage warriors earn they don't put on any really big shows or anything like that. It's all smaller arena type of shows. That is changing now. They're running the tree arena in front of, uh, what, nine and a half, ten thousand people in Ireland. Let's see if they fill that and let's see if they're paying people more. They should be if they're doing that sort of arena. But I, no matter what, they, the, the pay isn't massive there. You know, people we've seen this year um, with Dominic Wooding, Wanted to leave Cager, and I think he has now to go to the PFL. And we, we'll talk about next year. We we'll talk about PFL and Bellator and all of that uh, to, towards the end, and what, what's next for uh, for Cage Warriors. But that, I suppose, is the big the big issue with Cage Warriors. It's a great place to get you to the UFC, but it's not the best place in the world to pay. You know, which is becoming a more and more important thing all the time with up and coming MMA fighters. You see all the SBG fighters going to Bellator now. There has been a dispute between SBG and, and Gage Warriors, and I think everyone probably knows about that at this stage, so they wouldn't go there anyway. But they're also not going to other places that don't pay them well. They're going to, you know, Brave, or they're going to Bellator and things like that, where they, where they can get paid well. And it's fair enough. I, I don't criticise anyone for that. And I'm interested to see what if Cage Warriors can continue to do that in two different ways, like in... Will fighters even come to them anymore if they're not paying well? And if they do increase it, will they be able to to remain solvent? You know? Uh, and that's an interesting chat, I suppose, we, we can have about Cage Warriors and about any promotion, I suppose, as the time goes. You know, the same goes for these promotions, paying the, the big money. And it's um it's very, very tough. Now, on the production, as I mentioned, I, I, I kind of do this for every promotion as well. 
if uh, Cage Warriors production is exceptional and has been for years, and I haven't said this with any of the other um, cards because it or any of the other um, promotions because Cage Warriors are the standout. The, uh, the the timing of the fights, you have a fight, it's over. You have the next fight straight away. It's absolutely exceptional, and the production values that moving them on is really good as well. Now, for the big fights, they have, you know, um, uh, they have video packages and all of that, and they look fantastic, and it's always great. The you know the the quality of the stream, you know, so, so look sometimes at the start of the streams, okay, I might be going on and off or whatever. They get it fixed, and it goes. That's the same for everyone. Um, it's on Fight Pass as well, so I'm sure that helps. And it's you know it's absolutely phenomenal. Their commentary is. Outside of the UFC, I think, and even up there with the UFC, it's the best commentary in the world. I think they're... So when they had Dan's Hardy and Strauss with Brad Warren, I think that was the best three-man commentary about in MMA. Honestly, including the UFC and all of that. You know, Brad Warren is right up there. You know, he himself and John Anik, to me, are the two best play-by-play guys in the world, along with, you know, John Gooden as well. I throw him in there. And I respect a lot of the other guys as well, not saying anything bad, but they're really, really good. Dan Strauss has become such a good commentator. I really, really like him. And Dan Hardy, now I'm not sure if Dan Hardy's still there or not, but he was there for this year. I know he was working with the PFL last time with the PFL coming into the UK as well. I'm not sure if that, if he can do both of those, so we'll see how that works. But Paddy Pimblett came in, uh, Paul Redman came in this year, uh, and both did uh, both did good jobs, so the commentary is very good. I'm, I'm not, I am very picky about my MCers. I'm not the biggest fan of the Cage Warriors MC. The Bellator MC, I think, is woeful as well. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's overall Cage Warriors. I think it's very good production value if, uh, in the overall sense of the promotion as well. If you're looking for what they're given, it's the perfect place in terms of that path to the UFC. If you're looking for like the money and maybe a different path to the UFC or a path to Bellator or a path to BFL, it's probably not the place for you because I know like there was talk before of their contracts only having Zufa out so you can't get out of your contract if you want to get, uh, you know, if you get a better offer of PFL or Bellator, which, you know, Cage Warriors protecting themselves and you can't, I don't, I don't, people are always giving out about that. I don't think you can actually criticize that too much. Um, but yeah, all in all, I think that's the state of Cage Warriors at the moment outside of the cage. So let's review the year. Now, I'm going to look at the UK shows. I know they ran, what was it, three or four of the um, of the American shows, well, and European shows, sorry, because there's a few Italian shows and things as well in here, but um, that's one thing as well, one part of Cage Warriors with the US shows. I really don't think they have taken off with the base Cage Warriors audience, whether that's the audience covering the shows or the fan base, I just, I really, really don't know, maybe there's a San Diego, I think all of them have been on San Diego, so maybe the, the San Diego fan base and, and um, maybe a journalism scene, if there is one over there, have have taken that up, but um, honestly, I haven't seen much of it, it's been on obviously very late at bad times, it's hard to tune in for it, but I think with the in the year card and with more cards coming up, possibly we could see more and more of the UK and US turnover. So it might be a case if I'm doing this again next year, we'll have to do a kind of amalgamation of all the cards because they will be very much intertwined for this year up until New Year's Eve. They really weren't. So I'm going to concentrate on, on, on the UK ones here. And I'm sure, you know, someone else might be doing the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the US ones. So Cage Warriors didn't get going until March of 2022. Uh, in the UK, they were in the O2 Arena on March uh, 18th. Uh, James Hinnon against Vucinic. Now, if I'm not mistaken, this was supposed to be Paul Hughes when he got injured. Uh, and Vucinic went in there and he fought Hinden. Like, 
the thing about Fuchinik here, I think he's such a very, very good fighter, and so is Hughes, that they are kind of in this place where one of them could beat the other one. It has happened, you know, they've both beaten each other, and both of them are still very, very good fighters, but, like, it's almost sometimes like one has to step over the other one, not to just to get the title, but maybe to get to the UFC, and that's very unfortunate. I think what Jordan Fuchinic showed at the start of this year was the improvements to his game. You know, everyone after the Paul Hughes fight and other fights, and rightly so, said he's a great striker. Um, does he have a ground game? You know, Paul Hughes kind of took him down a couple of times and got the better of him in the first fight. But he went in there against Hinden, choked him out, and looked really, really good. Another guy you could say the similar thing for is Will Curry, who um, was in there with the, the champion at the moment, Christian Neary Duncan, a couple of times, lost out there. And he's probably the second best middleweight for Cage Warriors, but Christian Neary Duncan is obviously a better fighter than him at the moment. So it's he's in a tough spot as well. That like He's probably hoping, look, get that lad signed and get me into a title fight. He won a fight here against um, Patrick Valley, George Hardwick uh, opened up against Lewis Capera. It was a very tough year for George Hardwick, obviously. Um, at the start of the year, maybe the end of last year, where he was supposed to have fights, they fell out, ended up getting catchweight fights and uh, for, you know, supposed to have title fights. It was just a really, really, um, really tough year. To be a surreal, had a very back and forth year. He started it off well, though, beating Decky McAleen, and this was a great card. Lanier Kavanagh is definitely one of the guys people you need to keep an eye on uh, he won here in his debut Ben Ellis won as well as did uh, did Kingsley Crawford but definitely Lanier Kavanagh uh, is a name to be uh, to keep an ear out for um, Cage Warriors 135 then went down on, on the 1st of April um, and this was in Manchester so there was there was a, I noticed this was the first card back to Manchester I was at one at the end of last year but there was kind of a long period of no cards in Manchester and the Manchester crowd were actually absolutely delighted when the cards came back uh, Justin Burlinson after his foray into the, the Dana White Contender Series came back to fight Daniel Skibinski who's a very very good fighter and a tough guy and he's been fighting on the uh, I suppose more Central European scene for a good while came in here but Justin Burlinson ended up winning this uh, emphatically got a guillotine choke in the second round Former champion um, Matthew Bonner was also on the card, beating Hugo Pereira. Dean Truman came back, but unfortunately, uh, he ended up losing. Uh, and here's the, the first Irish guy of the year fighting... Uh, well, sorry, second now. We had Decky McLean in the one before that. But we had Adam Shelley here. We had James Sheehan, Caelan Ochran, Ryan Shelley. So we had a good few Irish lads on this, uh, all of whom won. Uh, and it's... And obviously I'm Irish and, and uh, maybe I have a little bit of, of bias towards, well I have a big bit of bias towards it, let's be honest. But it was a great year, there's no bias in this sentence, but it was a great year for Irish fighters in Cage Warriors. A standout year. And I think it's very important for Cage Warriors to have um, a well-performing Irish group of fighters. And the reason is, we'll, and we'll talk about it later on, but they're booked into the tree arena, right? The, the fan base for MMA in Ireland is massive and fervent. I can tell you that myself. I've been at all the cards, you know, obviously running an Irish MMA podcast for the last six or seven years or whatever it might be. And, you know, covering, obviously, a lot of the fan base and stuff, covering Irish MMA for a long time. It's a fervent, big fan base. The UK fan base, obviously, you know, it's a bigger population. There's probably no more numbers and all that. But a card that happens in Ireland, the same one happens in the UK you're probably putting double the amount of people into it. So, very, very important for Cage Warriors to have that base from Ireland because they don't have the SPG fighters, so they need the best of the rest, and the best of the rest need to be performing, and they have. Um, 
the Shelley brothers, you know, Adam Shelley is on, he's on a great run at the moment. He could be, you know, he's right up there towards the title. Maybe not title engine yet, but right up there. Um, we'll talk more about Caelan Ockren and James Sheen as we go, but yeah, two, these two lads are two top prospects. If we're talking about, like, worldwide prospects to get to the UFC soon, Caelan Ockren, so good at 135. I was watching the, the 135 fight in the UFC uh, to a two card, the one the, the Cameron Simon one, and I was looking at that and I was like, Caelan Ockren, I think, would beat both of these guys. He's that, he's that good. I think he'll be fine for a title coming up. But we'll talk more about him uh, as we go on, and James Sheehan as well. Remind me, lads, remind me to talk more about him uh, as we as we move on. One three sixteen went down in Manchester as well on the second. So they were doing back-to-back uh, nights here. They had been doing the trilogies, <coughs> and the trilogies um, were in the pandemic um, and a little bit afterwards. And they haven't been doing now, but they have been doing a couple of back-to-back nights. I, do you know what? I really like the trilogies. I like the back-to-back nights as well. Uh, I think they should probably uh, continue to do that, honestly. And I think, do you know what for Cage Warriors as well? Friday night cards. I think Friday night is the key. Maybe Saturday before the Cage Warriors as well. Um, Jackie Milan. Um, I, I think I called him Dylan Monte earlier on, did I? I think I might have. Jatty Milan and Dylan Monte are very similar names for some reason. Anyway, uh, he lost his title here to Christian Nero Duncan, who I mentioned before as well, went 7-0. and all. Like, Christian Nero Duncan has an amateur record, I think, of... Um, is it here on... Is it here on uh, on Sherdog? It might be. He's a very good amateur record anyway. He's like 20 fights and 17 wins or something like that. Really, really, really long and astute record fighting made his debut back in 2015 as an amateur so he's only seven fights as a pro but he's a pile of fights really and i think it's really shown and it's interesting as well we saw it with raul rosas jr in the ufc there a couple of weeks ago um the imafs the amateur scene is coming through the amount of people that are being created from that is massive and they're coming in at a different level now to others because they've had the pressure fights they've had few fights in the weekend different opponents and they're able to live with that and christian Ura duncan is a real personification on them a very very good fighter um Aaron Aby then uh, beat uh, Gerardo Fanny. Uh, Aby obviously coming through all the ills he's come through and to, to get there and get the win. Alan Cullen got a win. It was great. Year for next gen as well. Luke Riley got the win uh, on this card. Um, um, Alexi Mantikivi was on it, uh, as was Mick Stanton, I suppose, two long-term standouts. One of my favourite fighters, uh, Manny Akpan. Love his style and big Mike as well. Mike Chamu was, uh, was on this card and got a win. So we move on. Cage Warriors 137. Uh, this one, the 27th of May. It was my birthday. Let's send me presents. Uh, <laughs> Colchester. Uh, this one was in. Matthew Bonner uh, was in, in the main event. Dan Juiz. Adam Cullen as well again. This wasn't the, the best card uh, in the world. Uh, but this was another one where it was the back-to-back nights uh, in Colchester. Uh, and the 138 card was, was a, a, lot, um, a lot better. Uh, in terms of the the quality in the main event, you had James Webb, who lost to Leon Aliu. Now James Webb is from Colchester, um, and that was a big loss, obviously for the, the town uh, and for um, you know for the uh, for the area. Uh, under that, you had some very very good fights. Oban Elliott came back with a win there. He's had a great year after a loss last year. Luke Shanks had a win, the former former champ. Um, a Tom Mearns as well got a win there so you know those Colchester cards may be a little bit disappointing for the promotion um, 
But, you know, I, li- I like the fact that they're going to places like that and put non-cards there that maybe a lot of other people wouldn't even think of. So that, w- that was good stuff. Once 40 then was in Belfast, and this was up there with the, the card of the year. Like, a non if you're talking about non-UFC fights of the year, Reese McKee versus Justin Burlington has to be up there. An absolute bloodbath of a fight. Uh, high quality, high level. Like this is a UFC level fight. I think Justin Burleson very unlucky not to get to the UFC. Uh, you know, Reese McKee went in there. He fought fucking Shimaev and um, and Alex Morona and got caught. Like how unlucky is that? Like uh, look at the look how good Alex Morona has been. Very unlucky not to beat Santiago Pantanibio. Was ranked like number seven in the world until he got injured. Like and Reese McKee. Like Reese McKee. I think won one round in that fight. It was, uh, it wasn't a blowaway fight. He okay, he lost. I don't think anyone would argue with that. But like, as a young fighter still coming up, only what probably fourteen fights in his career at that stage. You know, I think he was unlucky not to get another chance in the UFC. But he went out. He won a fight before this, and he he beat Justin Burlinson as well. Knocked him out. The power Reese McKee holds early, middle, and late is shocking, phenomenal, and. He did that here. He came through it. He he got hurt badly. And I'm trying to remember now. I haven't seen it in a while. But I remember the referee, like, told him to move. when, And he was, like, acting as if he was going to stop the fight. When I don't think Reese was in, like, great danger. He ended up moving and took a barrage of shots. Ended up getting caught. But never mind that. He came through and won it. Now, Justin Burlinson will be back as well. A very good fighter. But Reese McKee is the, the welterweight champion with this. It was, it was a vacant belt. Was this Ian Gary's vacant belt? I think it was. Um... And he went in there and won it. And uh, look, will, is he going to fight in uh, in Ireland next year? We'll talk about that at the at the end. As I said, we won't literally get the whole card, I suppose, or, or deal it out. But he could be one of them if he doesn't get signed to the UFC. I know he wants that, but also possibly headline in the three arena could be massive. Um, this was in Belfast, and the headline there was massive for him. Obviously, as a, as a guy from Ulster, uh, Kaelin Ockran up there at the top as well. What a performance against Festus uh, Orolu. Um I'll talk about James Sheehan. I'll talk about Kalen later because he had another fight as well that was very good. James Sheehan. James Sheehan is a guy, right? He started his first two fights and he fought Matthew Bonner and Ian Gary in Cage Warriors. Now, Ian Gary, as we've seen, become a Cage Warriors camp champion, go on, go on to have an undefeated streak in the UFC. Matthew Bonner, Cage Warriors champion as well. For your first two fights, crazy, crazy, crazy level. And he's come back and won every fight since and looked phenomenal. Looked really, really good. He impre- impresses every time, improves every time. And I think the level that James Sheen could get to is championship level in Cage Warriors and UFC level, in my opinion. So, you know, th- there's maybe sexier names with Paul Hughes and, and other people coming through in from Ireland and, uh, you know, Kalen and even Ryan Shelley to some extent. Um, but James Sheen is one. Don't forget James Sheen. That's one thing I would say. He's out of a very good gym with Team Rhino. He has the experience of Paul Redmond, Neil Seary in his gym, and Andy Ryan, obviously, the coach. This is a guy you need to definitely keep an eye on. And uh, I think he's a guy who, you know, I, I could see him fighting, you know, getting to a cage warrior's title, maybe losing, maybe getting to another one again, winning, and then go to UFC. Or maybe just continuing to win and going there. I, I, I really think he's a guy who, even if he gets setbacks, I think he'll come back and, and he will, um, you know, he'll go a long way. He really, really will. Um, the, the, Adam Shelley lost here uh, on this card as well. But Ryan Shelley against Matthew Elliott, if you're talking about, 
contingent decisions of the year that was right up there there was so much talk in the local scene uh, about that one um, Ryan Shelley spent most of the fight on the bottom but ended up winning it was a razor and it was one of those like did he do enough from the bottom did he do enough from the top so so close and one we could probably argue till, till the, the cows go home and never agree but it isn't that MMA judging I suppose uh, we won 4-1 then over in London and this was George Hardwick with Kyle Driscoll coming over from the US to fight for the lightweight title Hardwick ended up winning the four round finishing him um, George Hardwick has been a real standout you know himself and his brother as well there's a lot of seems like a lot of brothers in Cage Warriors uh, they've had a great run in the last while especially him his brother looked great actually recently when he fought but uh, what a win here what a win for him um, and, and to take home the title Jim Wallhead came back in then against Daniel Skibinski we'll talk more about Jim uh, at a la- in a later card um, Mike Figlak in Cage Warriors won here before he went to fight in the UFC and this to me was a, a top top win against Aggie Sardari like Aggie t- was the champion before uh, lost it to Joe McCulligan and uh, honestly I thought Aggie was going to get signed to the UFC at the time but he's come up like came up against Joe McCulligan a top top fighter came up against Figlak like you feel sorry for Sardari right because he could have fought Paddy Pimblett in Cage Warriors would more than likely have won I think and gone to the UFC because of that and probably would have brought Paddy back a bit yeah, but he goes in there gets two way harder matchups in Joe McCulligan and Mike Fig like loses them both and now he's like where's Aggie Sardari it's weird the way things can very quickly change when you lose out on an opportunity or when you get a, a more difficult fight but look that's the way the quickie crumbles as well I suppose Maybe the shock of the year, but one of the best knockouts of the year. Samuel Bark knocked out to be a Cirilla. Everyone was expecting, myself included, to be a Cirilla to just win and win and win and get the title fight, maybe even win the title uh, at Featherweight. But Bark came in a short notice. Uh, there was a lot of talk coming into this fight, a lot of uh, a lot of back and forth, and Bark came in and knocked him spark out. Steve Amy Bill had a good year. Will Curry got another win here. Adam Amasinger got a win. Um, Matters Fluminas beat Jesse Urholland. Urholland, another guy who's a top prospect, and Matters like Matters Fluminas, he should be the prospect killer. I know he had another fight here later on in the year and he lost, but what a performance! Absolutely fantastic and knocked uh, knocked Urholland out in the second round. Lunier Kavanagh got another win here, and Emil Brown as well, who's a very very good fighter, uh, got a, a win also. Uh, didn't we Cage Warriors 1-4-2 over in uh, in Wales Sam Creasy had the won the flyweight title here uh, with a first round submission against Stipe uh, Beric uh, my guy Oban Elliott bounced back here and he beat Matthew Bonner the former champion what a win for Oban Elliott at welterweight you know he was a lightweight came up uh, had a tough obviously lost to, to Fluminas had lost to Figlak before that but two you know, unbelievable guys. I just mentioned Fluminas and Figlak over in the UFC right now. But he come in there and he beat Matthew Bonner. We'll see later he went up and wait to win another fight. Um, Oban Elliott, I've interviewed him a few times and I truly believe he is one of these guys as well. Who There's no one in the world of MMA right now, and I, I truly believe that, who's taken as tough a fight as Oban Elliott is. He took the Skibinski fight. Uh, <laughs> he took... Uh, it didn't end up happening because Skibinski got injured. Then he went up from, he was a lightweight, he went up to middleweight to fight a really good prospect out of Ireland and won that. We'll talk about that again in a second, but Oban Elliott, if you don't know that name, you should know it. He's a very, very good fighter in Cage Warriors and someone you should definitely know. Luke Riley again, the third win. What a run for Luke Riley this year. He's climbing those featherweight ranks as well. And I'm telling you, if Paul Hughes stays in, uh, stays in Cage Warriors, he'll have a good few lads lining up to fight him in a while. Um, so, um, yeah, that, um, that the Cage Warriors... Federal division is definitely lining up pretty well. 
you know, Shelley, Bark, Riley, so many more as well. Uh, George McManus got a win here. It was nice to see him get a win. Sean McCormick got a win. Chris Bungard got a win. Went on to fight for the title, which we'll get to in a second as well. But Matthew Bayfield uh, and others uh, got wins here uh, as well in, in a, a very, very, uh, a very big card in that one. One four four went down uh, over in Rome, uh, and this was uh, a, you know an interesting card uh, because we had this card in Rome, and then we had a Bellator card in Rome. And they put on loads of Italians in this, and it was absolutely crazy. The crowd went absolutely wild. And then Bellator did the main card with no Italians, and no one said anything. It was boss. It was just like the crowd didn't speak for the whole thing. But this was the opposite. This was fantastic. Dominic Wooding, who was looking for his way out of cage wars, found it by losing the title to Michele Martignoni. I mentioned Kellen Lockhart earlier. I'll mention him again in a second. That could be the fight for him. Uh, but a very, very good win. And the crowd went wild for Martignoni. Carlo Pedrosoli beat Flaminas in a great fight. A great win for Pedrosoli in, in front of his hometown. Uh, Flaminas, though, will be back. I'll, I'll tell you that for nothing. Dylan Hazan looks a top prospect uh, as well. And, and a very, very good night for uh, Italian MMA there. Um, and that was kind of the start of four-fight run here to, towards the end of the year. Great event in Italy, and then we Cage Warriors one four five, and this is right up there with uh, with you know one of the best events of the year. Some great performances, great fights. Paul Hughes and Jordan Vucinic in the main event. Uh, this to me, if you're talking about so, and, and I'm, I I want to make a big point to this right because the best fighters in the world are the best fighters now. No, the best fighters ever. I mean, are the best fighters now. Because the level of MMA has improved so much. You know, the, the, the world champion of heavyweight now would destroy the world champion of heavyweight five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And it goes the same for the prospects. Like, the best prospects in the world now are the best prospects in the world ever. And these two lads are two of the best prospects. And these boys went at it. And um, Paul Hughes lost the first time in a very close, contentious decision. And this time, Paul Hughes left it in no doubt. It went to a decision, but there was no contention about it. Unanimous decision absolutely decimated Jordan Vucinic, who showed a toughness that will stand to him in years to come. That's the type of thing, right? okay, he was beaten on the night and, and he was outworked by a guy. But you know what he wasn't? The fight was never beat out of him. Not once. Paul Hughes beat him and beat him and beat him and beat him. But Jordan Vucinic was there all night and refused to give up. And do you know what? Of all the skills that he has shown and proven, what he showed there was a massive thing. And credit for change, but for Hughes, he showed he was on another level. And I, I've always known Paul Hughes was a very good fighter for the moment I saw him fighting first. I had a few reservations about him. I think the best thing that happened to this, right, the the mental aspect of it is my biggest reservation because of after the the first fight and all, what the way it was he spoke and other things. But the fact that they had, they both fought twice against the exact same guy, Shari and Hinden. They both fought and beat both of them in between their two fights. And I really think that helped Paul Hughes. Right? I really think it helped Paul Hughes. Having an injury as well, in a weird way, helped him. Because it was no longer, oh, I got robbed in the first fight and I need to go in there and do it again against Vucinic. It was like a totally new fight. It was almost that, like that fight was not, no, it wasn't forgotten. But it was like a new fight. And Paul Hughes looked like a new man and a new fighter and looked phenomenal. Phenomenal. We'll see. Will he be signed to the UFC? Will he get? To, uh, will he? Will he get into? Uh, you know, will be? Will he be on the Irish card? We will see, I suppose. James Sheehan beat Jamie Richardson here as well, the former uh, challenger for the title. What a win there! What a, what a great win 
Modestus Bukowski came in to beat Lee Chadwick. Um, obviously, he's going to be challenging or already challenged for the, the light heavyweight title. Maybe Ben Lachdar got a win. He could be the number one contender. Ken Lachlan here. Now, Ken Lachlan is well. Now, I mentioned him briefly before, but he beat Luke Shanks here, the former champion. And what a win. And K- like, as I said, Kalen, one of the top prospects in the world. Maybe a guy who went a little bit under the radar until this year, but what a phenomenal year for him. An absolutely phenomenal year. And uh, I think Kalen is one of those guys where he'll he'll be in the UFC in a while. He will really be in the UFC. James Webb, as well, got a great win here. Obviously, uh, out from Gulch, were training in Dublin. Um, looked in phenomenal shape and beat Paddy McCrory. Uh, Ryan Shelley, another good win, as I said, against Josh Reed. Everyone, you know, Josh Reed. You expect Josh Reed to be in a barn burner, but Ryan Shelley destroyed him really here. Oban Elliott, as I mentioned, that middleweight uh, fight won here. George Hardwick looked great against Eve Amiable, and Adam Shelley bounced back with a win here uh, as well. So great, uh, a great night for Cage Warriors up there as one of the cards of the year. Phenomenal card. Uh, then we had 146 and, uh, and 147, which went down uh, at the start of November. 146 first. Christian Leroy Duncan again went in and made easy work of Marion Dimitrov, uh, beat him in the first round. Um, Jim Wallet took the interim title, so he's going to be fighting Reese McKee. Will that be in Ireland? Will it be against Reese McKee? I, I think it will. Um, after you know, Adam Cullen, Luke Riley got back in there with wins again. James Hinden got a win. Uh, Lucas Capera got a win. Samuel Bark again beat Manny Akpan. Uh, great fight that was. Uh, and in the 147 card, um, Saw George Hardwick beat Chris Bungard. I didn't think it was Hardwick's best performance against, you know, kind of an, an outmatched Bungard. I'm sure he'll be uh, he'll be moving on after that. Morgan Charrier as well, a split decision. Seems like every Morgan Charrier fights a split decision, but he moves on. If one of the, if Paul Hughes goes to uh, to the UFC, I think it'll probably be Charrier versus um, uh, Vucinic for the title again. So that'll be interesting. Will Curry, what a bounce back year for Will Curry. Another win. Jay Quinn Hayes as well. He's got two or three wins this year. Ormond Shaban, another guy fighting out of Team KF in Ireland. Uh, beat George McManus. Looked phenomenal in doing it. Um, Matthew Bonner won. And and and, and that kind of uh, saw it out until the, obviously the, the end of the year card as well. So all in all for Cage Warriors, I think some phenomenal performance. A great year for Irish MMA and Cage Warriors. Great year for their, you know, the championship scene in Cage Warriors, I think, is absolutely phenomenal. I spoke, uh, you know, if the UFC preview, I'm not sure if it's out or not before this, but in that one, I was talking about how this year wasn't a great year for the championship scene in terms of, like, is uh, Izzy lost as one of the big draws. McGregor didn't fight. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to say championship scene. I mean, like, the, the top people who you would want winning. You know, John Jones didn't fight. Masvidal didn't fight. It's, and for... You know, for cage warriors, obviously at a different lower level, you had the guys who I suppose you would want winning, and Paul Hughes, Christian Leroy Duncan winning those fights. You had Ken Knocker winning. You had the other Irish lads coming through winning. It was a good year for cage warriors in terms of the results and uh, in terms of the fights as well. It's absolutely fantastic. So to look ahead to next year, look, the big thing for cage warriors next year, will Dan Hardy be there in the commentary about boot? Is one thing I want to know. I hope he is. It'll be great. Um, this big Irish show is the next thing, and. PFL and Bellator being in the, the area are the three big things. So, uh, you know, Dan Hardy, if he's there, he's there. Grand, we, we can leave that one. The Irish show, I truly believe they need to stack this. And I'm not just saying this because I'm Irish, but this is a big arena. You know, they're usually, they usually do smaller arenas. Last time they came to Ireland, they were down in Cork and it was, you know, only a couple of thousand people there. That's usually, you know, a couple of, a couple of thousand is usually what they do. And this is a big, big arena. I think they need to stack it. I think they need 
Reese McKee on the card against uh, Wallhead. I think they need Kellen Ockerin against Martignoni for the Bantamweight title. And I would love if they could get Paul Hughes. Maybe that's not feasible, but I think they need at least two title fights there. You could have a big fight. Um, uh, Adam Shelley uh, against Luke Riley. You know, I, I think anyone who's just listened to this will probably know how good those two lads are. Put them on it. I'd love to see Oban Elliott uh, against James Sheehan. I love that fight. But, you know, I'm not doing Ian Dean's job for him here, although, you know, maybe maybe I'm a little bit. But uh, that's a big card for them. And that also adds to the third point about, especially the PFL, I think, coming in. Because PFL have signed some really good guys from the scene already. You know, the likes of, of Dominic Woodings going there, I think. Um, will Floria is signed there uh, and a few others as well. You know, they already have Brendan Lachlan and other people. So, will they be putting on cards this year? Like, they've already talked about this European series, this tournament and all. You know, how much money is going to be on the line there? Are they going to be able to get to the big tournament? That's a big, big thing. Could hinder cage warriors, could hurt cage warriors. So, it's very interesting to see uh, how that works out over the next year. And I suppose time will tell on that. Um, But yeah, all in all, it was a very good year for cage warriors. Uh, maybe a little bit of a slow start, but it got going. And I think we have five fights set out for next year already, I think, for Cage Warriors. And with the Irish one obviously being the, the big one of them coming up, I think that is a gr- that's a great thing for a promotion. I really do think it's a great thing for a promotion to have that set out and have, have you know have it ready. So here are the cards. 149 is going to be on March 3rd uh, in, uh, over in San Diego. And then we have... Uh, London, London, Manchester and Dublin on March uh, 17th, 24th, April 15th and April 29th uh, in the Tree Arena here in Ireland. So great to have those and a great run for Cage Warriors. Um, I am very interested to see what they do next year after a great year for them. And um, yeah, we'll be here to, to talk about it all. I will leave it there lads thank you very much uh, and ladies thank you very much for listening uh, my name is Sean Sheehan for Sherlock.com happy holidays and uh, we'll see you all next time good luck <laughs>